Hello and welcome to Yaf, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast, a podcast where I, Antonin, go through every single Final Fantasy game, chapter by chapter, bit by bit, and I'm starting with the first Final Fantasy game, and who knows if I'll make it past the first game. So I have just finished the airship chapter of the walkthrough, which is part where I visited the ice cavern, and I visited... No, I just visited the ice cavern. I went to the desert, the Ryukon desert, and got my airship. So in the previous chapter in Crystal of Fire, I turned on the Crystal of Fire, and that was basically it. Like, there was nowhere else for me to go at this point. I mean, I could have gone to the trials directly, but I also had the option of... And I know I could have gone there because I started roaming the entire planet, and I ended up at the trials, the Citadel, or whatever. But I guess even if I had gotten there, I wouldn't have been able to use the Token of Courage or whatever it's called. Ooh, ooh, those are spoilers for the trials. trials. To get the airship, you have to get get a levy stone which is a special stone that uh, lets you get the airship from the desert and so you have to go to the ice cavern in the ice cavern <clears throat> you kind of go through a very confusing and interesting cave layout like i said before final fantasy seems to have like really interesting caves so in mount golg i think that it's what it's called in the crystal of fire section there was lava floor that would take away like one hp but you couldn't you know you wouldn't get attacked by any monsters. So it was kind of like a weird trade-off and you often had to go through those areas. So in the ice cavern, they kind of continue that with, I guess, like a spiky floor. And if you walk on that floor, again, monsters can't attack you and you lose one HP with every step. The very interesting addition to the ice cavern are spots where you will fall through. So like, I guess, ice, what are they? I don't know, like it's a thin ice area. And if you step on it, a hole will open up and you're gonna go to the floor below. Um, this is like a really cool and interesting mechanic. I'm used to this mechanic from like, I think Pokemon did that and it was really cool. Like Pokemon, uh, one of the, some of the caves had that feature, if I'm remembering, remembering correctly. And something similar also exists. I guess it doesn't really exist in Stardew Valley, does it? Anyway, you kind of go through this interesting maze of going up and down floors, not being able to go past like really spiky areas. Those are bigger spikes than the, the floor spikes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have to keep going up and down, falling through the holes, up, going up the stairs and everything. There's a ton of money in this cave. It's to the point where I'm not even sure what you're supposed to do with all of that money. I think I had, well, let's see, I had 130 thousand gil before entering the cave so before entering the cave i could already buy like the most expensive armor that was available to me at that point let me go ahead and check it out how much i got right now i got 422,000 gil i don't know what i'm gonna do with that and these caves just keep giving more and more gil just to give you an idea I'm looking at one of the inventories and it says that the highest amount you'll get paid out is 12,350 gil which is a lot the lowest is like 180 gil that's not a big deal but most of them are above 5,000, which is so crazy. Like, that is very intense. The final boss that you face off before facing the Levy Stone, and just to kind of give you an idea with the up and downs and everything, the Levy Stone is surrounded by areas that will break and you'll fall through if you step on them. So while it's like the, the Floater Stone, you can see it, the Levy Stone, sorry, not Floater Stone, a Floater Stone, that's the name of, name of it in, on the NES. The GBA has Levy Stone. With the Levy Stone, you can see it from the second floor onward. So like almost immediately you can see where 
it is, but it takes you a lot of like falling through and going up staircases and whatever to finally get to it. When you finally do get to it, you have to face off against the evil eye, which is a particularly weird boss. It's like a glass cannon type of boss. And that actually is what makes it interesting. Most of the other bosses are like super tanky and whatever. This boss has 162 HP. 162. Pretty much everybody except for my white mage could can easily dispatch it with one attack. And it'll keep respawning if you go in front of the levee stone and you move one over and then you go back and then you move one over. Like every single time you get in front of the levee stone, you have to face this boss. And it's a great way to like rack up some experience points. So I had like no issues dispatching it the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, but like the fifth or sixth time, because I was grinding for experience, the fifth or sixth time it was able to outrun the my my entire party, so it was able to use like, I think it was a Thundera or Thundega like, you know, it's like the thunder, but it's uh, ends with A-G-A that's, that's how Final Fantasy seems to distinguish lesser and bigger spells like you have Thunder, that's like the, the first tier, and then you have Thundera and that's like the second tier and then you got Thundega, I guess. And this is the third tier. So I think it, it casts either the second or third tier and inflicts about at least 100 damage on all of my, my entire party. But 100 damage is like one-fifth or one-fourth at the at worst of less than one fourth i guess of of a my any of my party members hp so it would have to hit at least five times to knock out like two members of my party so it's it's a really cool place to grind the only thing is is that i see that like on the nes you'd get over 3000 xp which is a lot but on the playstation version and it looks like beyond you only get 800 experience points and that's what i got and i was really disappointed with that once you get the levy stone you don't get any cool portal that flies you back to the beginning of the cave this is not a fiend or whatever this is technically like i don't want to say side quest but it's you're not fighting against any of the fiends guarding the crystals so you have to make your way back up um, which is an interesting design choice i like that we keep the game keeps switching up between some of these mechanics. It's fun. Then you have to go get to the desert. The desert is all the way on the other side of the world, basically. And once you get there, you get, at least on the GBA, you get a little cutscene and the ship flies up. You get in it. And on the GBA, you get like a faux 3D view. The entire map kind of skews itself and it kind of looks like your airship lifts off. I wonder what this looks like on the NES. Uh, on the GBA, it looked like way better than I expected, to be honest. It looked, it looked, it looked nice. Um, and so then you're flying around and that's kind of the end of this chapter. Yeah, that's kind of the end of this like section. The next one will be Trials. I almost want to go through, go over that, but I haven't, I haven't gone through the entire uh, section. So with the airship, you can visit a lot more places now. I saw in the guide that there are some cool towns and I considered visiting them, but I'm thinking of just hitting up the Trials first. We'll see how, how that decision plays out. I just feel super overpowered in this game right now. I think even if I didn't feel super overpowered, I would just like keep grinding and figure it out anyway. So I'm, I'm, I might just keep going until I can go back to, I think Gaia was one of the towns. So kind of to go through this real quick, this is the, let's see, sixth section of the game. So we're like over halfway done with the game. And so far I am enjoying the crap out of it. I started watching a whole walk, not walkthrough, a whole like background about 
about the game, about Final Fantasy 1, a whole like YouTube video. And before, you know, before I got to any spoilers, I got pretty far, but it looks like the PSP version, the graphics are much more different than I thought they were. Just to give you a comparison, the NES version was a lot of like dark backgrounds and, you know, just a few colors outlining, outlining like the menu or if you were in a battle, it was like a really dark background and you'd have the enemies right in front of you and it wasn't like this skewed view. It didn't, you didn't have any backgrounds in any of the battles. Overworld, just the entire game was a very stark, right? Like it was very simple because that was the NES and I think the GBA version, I think that kind of colorization that you see in the GBA version would have been possible on the SNES but not the NES for sure, especially the first game. A lot of the caves look a lot just simpler. The character models and everything look simpler in the NES version. You know, the mountains don't really look like mountains. They're, I don't know, these white or gray triangles maybe? I'm not sure how to describe it. And the cities don't look as nice. Like, none of the game looks as nice. I think it's still nice, but GBA is miles better. Like, think of the difference between, I don't know, like Legend of Zelda, the original one, if you've ever played it, and the difference between that and playing something like, I don't know, not even Link to the Past. That That's still, like, not as... I don't know. I don't have a good comparison, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. It just looks so much better, the GBA version. You have fully rendered backgrounds. The menu has that iconic blue. You know, the blue gradients in the background that so many of the Final Fantasy games have. Anyway, so the PSP version is basically... It, it looks like a 3D, 3D modeled version of the GBA version. So the character models, while they're sprites on the GBA, they look like they're full 3D. Like they look... I want to say plastic. It's not plastic. They look... Um, they have that 3D aspect to it. So while the, the, the sprites on the GBA are just very simple, but so much more colorful and more beautiful than the original ones. The ones on the PSP, it looks like 3D drawn so that it would look somewhat 2D, if that makes sense. The mountains have more, more detail. Just, you know, the entire game looks looks so much better. It looks like a PlayStation 1 game, if that makes sense. I guess the PlayStation 1 version was probably a v- very similar to this. It's, yeah, it's just really beautiful. The GBA version, I, I think I would still prefer the GBA version because the it, it lacks that faux 3D. It's like full 2D sprites and everything, and that's wonderful. Except for when the airship lifts off, obviously. I like that. So, I don't know. I wonder if, if there will be a new version for the Switch. If the, I mean, I, I feel like I can almost guarantee that they're going to release Final Fantasy 1 somehow. I'm just wondering how they're going to release it. Anyways, as far as the story goes, first of all, I was not expecting the airship to be already in the first game. I mentioned that in the last podcast. I don't really get the point with the Levy Stone. Like, I, I read through the... I read through some of the background and everything, and I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird one. It's like, why is there a stone there? Why is the airship there? Like, they just kind of mention it. It's It, it kind of feels like an errand that they needed to make up for, the, for this game. Like, it's not part of the story. I don't know. Was there, like, some ancient whatever, and, and they lost their ship in the desert? I just didn't see anything, any background on this. 
this, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Anyways, there were a few things that I discovered during this chapter. One of them is that I talked about it before, but I thought that if you had a seafaring ship, you on- you could only stop at ports and not at the delta of a river or like the, the, the what do you call it? The part of the river that flows into the ocean. And it turns out that you, you can go directly from that seafaring boat and anchor it at the mouth of the river, whatever whatever that part of the river is called, and go straight into a canoe and keep going. I had no idea you could do this. So I had a lot of fun doing that. I am almost on level 40. And uh, let's see, is there anything combat-wise? I just keep getting some awesome new armor. Like with the, the ice cavern, just like any other cavern, you know, you get... I got an ice shield and ice armor and a flame sword a flame sword that has been pretty cool because it like one one hit KOs most of everything in these caverns I'm looking forward to the trials I'm looking forward to being able to upgrade my red mage and white mage into a red wizard and white wizard I think that's gonna be pretty neat I think I think that's it this was a pretty short chapter my the podcast is not super short but this was a short chapter and I'm looking forward to the trials looks and you know just from the look of it it looks like another dungeon visit so i'm sure that that's going to be a lot of fun and if you like this podcast go ahead and like subscribe since well, this is not youtube right so i guess uh leave a review rating something like that you can follow me on twitter my twitter account is twitter.com slash yaf podcast that's y-a-f-f podcast and see you yeah definitely this time see you next time